confidence. Not so long ago, Perry Bunt had been known as one of the premier idea men in the entertainment business. It seemed like everything he set his eyes on gave him an idea for a movie. One day, he picked up his phone and thought, what if I could call anyone on this, even dead people? And in a flash, the entire story unfolded before his eyes. Guy gets mysterious call on his dead wife's phone, telling him who killed her. Later that week, he optioned Dead Call Zone to a major studio. There were days when Perry's mind was so full of stories that there wasn't room for anything else. The problems began when he sat down to write them. For while Perry possessed a keen sense of what made a story interesting, the hook in the parlance of the movie industry, he was mediocre when it came to actually putting words onto a page, the writing in the parlance of the movie industry. Staring at his computer screen, Perry had a terrible realization. Dreaming up a story had almost nothing to do with writing it. Dreaming was inspiring and fun. Writing was grueling and difficult. While dreaming required little follow-through, writing demanded almost nothing but. Perry, it turned out, had very little follow-through. The executives he worked for were even worse. Jittery at the thought they'd spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in vain, they'd tell Perry they absolutely loved what he'd written, and then proceed to pepper him with haphazard notes. Consider changing the boy to a dog. Well, let's talk about changing the dog to a cat. We all agree the cat isn't working and that a boy would raise the emotional stakes. The movie industry equivalent of the panicked screaming you might hear in a burning airplane plummeting towards the ground. When confronted with these contradictory ideas, Perry would further torture his mauled script and then, eventually, give up and chase the next big idea. It wasn't that he was a bad writer. If he'd been forced to work exclusively on one of his many stories, a good script would have no doubt resulted. But he was always tempted away by the next script, convinced that this would be the one that would prove irresistible to filmmakers and audiences. Ideas, like relationships, are always more exciting when they are new. You get six, sometimes seven scripts before they find you out, his first agent had warned him. Sure enough, after Perry sold his seventh script, and that script, like all the others he'd written, was never made into a movie, his career began a long ride downward. It took a while for him to realize what was happening. The true Hollywood ending is no ending at all. There is no fade to black, no elegiac music, no credits. There is only a phone that doesn't ring. Perry learned that no news wasn't good news, but was instead bad news taking its time. He had once dreaded the phone calls, the phony banter, the ubiquitous schmoozing, the mendacious puffery, but now he missed them. He wouldn't mind if someone called and lied to him, as long as they called. For a while, Perry still found work in the entertainment business. On Hey Hey Fiancé, a television show featuring newly engaged couples on a tropical island, he was tasked with devising ways of breaking up the affianced. Sickened by the experience, he quit after two episodes and vowed never to work in the so-called reality TV genre again. Had there ever been a more egregious misnomer than reality TV? In what kind of reality do people routinely become craven animals on display? His principles came at a high cost. After Hey Hey Fiancé, he could find employment only on a children's show about a talking wombat, 
which was soon replaced by a cartoon featuring hyper-aggressive koala bears. After scripting an industrial for a juicer, Perry hit the end of the line. Teaching. It was a shock from which he had yet to recover. Bunts a hit, proclaimed a variety headline that Perry still carried in his wallet. Yellowed and torn, it was a small signifier of his denial that this same Bunt was now teaching eight classes a week of beginning screenwriting at the Encino Community College, where he made it a personal mission to break young writers of the delusions he saw as his undoing. Ideas are a dime a dozen, he told his 10 a.m. class. Perry surveyed the students, holding his smallish frame as erect as possible to emphasize his seriousness. Though he had once been considered handsome, with delicate features framed by dark curly hair, that was when a Bush was president, and it wasn't the one who stayed in Iraq. Now, in the last gasp of his 30s,